Welcome to the podcast. I'm May. I'm Max. And I'm Ben. And we were had. Can you believe it? <laughs> there are twists and there are turns. Defleshed is a standard death. Oh, that's fun. We were had. We were. Today we're getting into the art world. We're going to be... Th- we're going to be fancy. We're going to get into yeah, the art. I don't know why you said that at me. Can you lock it up? <laughs> We're going to be fancy? We're going to be what? fancy. Arty. Arty. Oh, fancy. Arty. Can, you yeah, guys, yeah. can you guys fucking lock it up for once? There's a lot of giggling that happens during this <laughs> podcast. This is a very You're serious wearing a pearl crime. necklace? Yeah. I'm wearing a pearl <laughs> necklace. Yeah. It's a fancy. It's an art heist. Why aren't you guys wearing your pearls? Not only an art heist. Famous painting by Vermeer, girl with the pearl earring. You're wearing the pearl necklace. Vermeer, yes. most expensive painting that was stolen. I knew what? That, that painting I was stolen? That. Not that painting. A different oh, okay, one by yeah. Vermeer. But it's a big deal because Vermeer only has like 30-something paintings. So that was the biggest wow, deal painting that was stolen. Right. Damn. Um, so I guess I nailed it. It was It was a good reference. <laughs> These were $1. Unshein. I'm surprised that your <laughs> neck isn't green. Oh, I'm, I'm having an allergic reaction as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in pain. My whole neck is just inflamed. <laughs> So today is our first art heist. It is our first art heist, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah well, first art heist. You never forget your first yeah. art. <laughs> the Isabella Stewart Gardner Museum was heisted, was stolen. Heisted, the paintings yeah. were stolen um, in 1990, March 18th. So just a little bit. Isabella Stewart Gardner Museum is in Boston. It is not the biggest museum in Boston. There was... So there's a documentary, which is where I'm getting a lot of my information, called This is a Robbery. It came out in 2021. and That's a great title. Did they use that phrase? The people who came in and stole the art said to the guards, this is a robbery. Like a very like official, this is, uh, you know, that's good cool. line. That's cool. That's a good line. That's good. Was it overnight? It was at night, yeah. See, how do you rob a museum at night when everything's come to life? (laughs) They have extra defenses at night. It's tough. You would think during the daytime, that's just normal people. And Nicolas Cage is there, right? No, that was Ben Stiller. Oh, Ben Stiller. Nicolas Cage stole the Declaration of Independence. I see. (laughs) But what you're confusing it with, because it's an excellent point that you made, but the one point that you're... It's it's a paintings museum, not like a natural history museum type thing. Oh, so at best, those fuckers are just watching from behind the canvas. Yeah, what's going to come to life? A landscape? Oh, (laughs) the flowers. That'd be scary. That would be scary. The flowers are coming to life. (laughs) That's great. One of the things I liked about the documentary is that they interview some like funny people, and one of them was like a kind of tough guy, Massachusetts guy, but he clearly knows his shit with the art world, and he's like embarrassed yeah. that he knows his shit. They even took the fucking Vermeer and yeah. shit. Yeah. Go socks. <laughs> So he's describing what this museum is compared to like the biggest museum in Boston. And he's like, I can't believe I'm about to say this. It's so pretentious what I'm about to say. But it's like, it's kind of like the Musée d'Orsay in Paris (laughs) (laughs) as opposed to the Louvre. He's like, I can't believe I just said that. The what do you call it? The Musée de Paris has a perfect (laughs) Perfect French accent. Also, I apologize for those just abysmal Boston accents by Ben and I that we just did. (laughs) I didn't even realize I was putting on an accent. No, you didn't. That's actually good because you you didn't realize. I did more of a New York. Yeah, Yeah, it was a borough accent. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, this museum (laughs) was originally the personal collection of Isabella Stewart Gardner, who died in 1924. It opened in 1903, and then it kept on, the collection kept bigger and bigger until she died. She was very sort of strict about nothing being changed when she died. The paintings? Mm. The paintings and the setup. The house. Because didn't she live there? Yeah, she yes, lived there. Oh, yes, yes, yeah. it's like... So it's her home? Home. 
that <laughs> they turned her helm into a museum. Correct. And they but do that. she did that. She turned it into a museum. Yeah, it was her wishes. Yet. Yeah, mm. while she was still alive. Oh, hey, that's where you make me feel weird. Like if you're still upstairs and like you had the walls are hollowed out and you're just watching through the paintings to see people like looking at them. Ooh, have you ever seen that documentary where some guy built a hotel so he could watch people have sex with the vents? Jesus, no. Yeah, but he like what a just make a porn account. You <laughs> <laughs> it was like the seventies. Oh, yeah. All right, well, that's justified. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Brief correction to myself: I actually don't think this was her home. I think it's just her collection, and I think they oh, have a sure? nice building. Okay. You know what? Every fucking week, whatever. We just throw ourselves on the sword <laughs> for these fuckers on YouTube. Just take us to the shed. <laughs> we really do. Am I going to correct myself one more time? Ugh, who cares? This is such a minor detail. Yeah, whatever. So, um, I feel like it's important. It's not important. That it was her home or not her home? No, it's not important. Okay, well, May has decided. <laughs> I've decided. <laughs> I just want to move forward with the program. <laughs> <laughs> she left the museum with a $3.6 million endowment, and this is 1920s, and her oh, will stipulated. Shit. That's got to be like hundreds of millions, no? Yeah, I, I have no idea how inflation. Well, be, that's going to be trillions of dollars. Now. <laughs> that's going to be what we owe China right now, don't you think? <laughs> that limit doesn't exist. No. <laughs> the art that was stolen is estimated today to be about five hundred million dollars. Wow! So this is the biggest art theft ever. Yeah. So my question about art theft is like, okay, they stole these super famous paintings, and I'm sure you're going to cover this or whatever, but they stole these super super famous paintings, and it's like, okay, what do you do now? What are you going to sell that on the fucking dark you web? People would fence. be like, this have, is obviously the painting that got stolen. So there are two things. One is that there's a super black market, but that would have to be insanely underground. Which, can, yeah. can we not call it black market? That's just a little appropriate. I don't. <laughs> I just. I think that we should do away with that phrase. You know what I mean? The African American market. Whatever. <laughs> I, 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 so uh, that's just your hill to die on. That's my hill to die on. Is it a cancel the black market? <laughs> but known for its illegal activity, I think it's actually it needs a rebrand. Let me tell you that. You okay. can sell children on the regular market. How about that? <laughs> The other possibility, which they go over in the documentary, is do you remember the first James Bond movie, Dr. No? Wonderful film. And the villain, with Dr. The stu- no. With the big suits, and he's like, lower the globe. That's actually just Austin Powers, but based <laughs> off of that. <laughs> Wait, which movie is this? So it was the first James Bond movie oh, okay. called Dr. No, and the villain collects or steals art, but it's like for his personal pleasure. Okay. I mean, well, so is that what's are, going on? These people are perverts. And also, like, the rich. <laughs> I mean, they're they're perverts. They're once, rich you, or perverts. once you own that kind of stuff, you just want to have it in your house just to own it. Um, that's why like rich people just buy tigers and shit too. Yeah. But I also think it's like a thing, and I this is just borrowed from again fiction that I've seen. But I think sometimes other families will buy the artwork, and then when they bring it back to the museum, they get the glory and the credit. Like they get the credit of having the museum because like they didn't steal it. But like they'll buy it from these black market people, or buy it from somebody, and then they'll get to give them the art back to the museum. So they're the heroes of the story. Because yeah, the but the art is still missing because the, the museum is just really glad to get it back. Well, at this point, it's interesting you say that because first of all, the statute of limitations of this crime. So this happened in 1990, so over 30 years ago. The statute of limitations on the crime is over. You so, can still get. I mean, if someone is caught with it, they would still get arrested for <clears throat> having stolen possessions. But it seems like they might drop the if someone brought it in yeah. and even said, I stole this, at this point the museum might say, Thank you for bringing wow. this in. Thanks for bringing it back. I mean alone the, the PR alone. Yeah. 
once you get that art shit back, everyone's gonna be like, "Well, I gotta go see it." They got the it's oh a, yeah, the line will be out the prize door. is back. Yeah, there's a ten million dollar reward for Damn. this stuff. That's not high enough. No, it's not high enough. Mm-mm. But it's so confusing because it's worth five hundred million dollars. But as May pointed out, it's kind of worth nothing if mm-hmm. you can't sell it. So if the statute right. of limitations is over. Just come collect the award. Be like, I did it. Here's your painting. Well, that's Fuck the thing. You. Why is no one doing that? Yeah. Okay. Let's, well, let's get into the let's crime. Let's talk about it. So in the 1980s, in the years leading up to the crime, the museum was low on funds, and that affected their security system. Mm-hmm. I won't get into too much of the details, but there were no cameras installed oh my God. within. Within. So on the outside there are, but there's nothing on the inside. Smart. Board of Trustees <laughs> thought installing such equipment in the historical building would be too expensive. I don't know why they said historical building. Also, I will admit that a lot of my information is Wikipedia just because it organizes everything. But I did watch the documentary and I did read some articles. Sure you did. Yeah. Yeah. All four parts. (laughs) Despite these security improvements, the only way... The only way police could be summoned to the museum was with a button at the security desk. Okay. And... It says it's just one button? Yeah, it's it's weird. You think there would be a button... Everywhere. everywhere yeah i always thought it was like yeah if you lift the glass it automatically triggers an right. alarm that sends the police and shit Well, apparently they didn't have that poor people they paid the guards <laughs> nothing they paid them like a tiny bit over minimum wage uh-huh. and the security flaws in the museum it says were like the guards knew about it this was they were vulnerable minimum okay. wage i'm not losing my life for a Vermeer painting no hell no do these guys have guns security guards Art people sometimes do. <laughs> painters? <laughs> yeah, the painters have guns. Famously armed. Art collectors are famously like armed. Da Vinci at an um, M60. Yeah. <laughs> a museum security guard, I feel like, could have a gun. Like a jewelry store security guard could have a gun. I don't remember that detail, though. Because I remember they were kind of dipshits. Like, there were sort of like a ragtag group of people that were the security guards. Well, because they were paid... $8. Exactly. No, I know. That's what I'm saying. But I don't know if they were, like, able to... Carry? I don't, is, I don't know. I don't think that they had guns. Right off the bat, are we ruling out inside job? That no. is one of the possibilities. Oh. No. Wow. Yeah. Only two security guards working that night. Again, not a big operation. Can you... I am having a little anxiety, and I will cut this out, but I might be off frame. Yeah, sure. Just check. I think it's hilarious. Oh. Should I move over? What? Should I move over? Just... What are you? No, you're <laughs> <laughs> just leave. Go over there, out the door. Um, there's like, a, I don't know, a tiny bit of space. You could you could probably afford to move a little bit to your right, but that's fine. I don't want to be far from you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna stay right here. <laughs> um, but yeah, you're totally good. Okay, thank you. So let's get to the night of the robbery. Sunday, March 18th, 1990, the night of St. Patrick's Day. The thieves were witnessed around 12.30. This is how the documentary begins. They were dressed as cops, dressed mm-hmm. as Boston cops. On St. Patty's Day, kid, which is actually pretty smart because all the cops are at the parade. Boston, St. Patrick's uh, Day. All the cops know. are fucking blackout it's drunk. A big deal. I've done, I've done St. Patrick's Day in, in uh, Boston. Don't remember it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not proud of my past. Uh, <laughs> let, me, let me say this. Sorry, just to come back to the Art thief, it's the coolest crime you could do. It's well, like, it's most like uh, there's not really any serious. It's a real victims, Robin Hood you know? crime too. Exactly. Like yeah, you're, like, you're you're robbing from the ultra rich. Right. You're probably not harming anyone. I mean, you might be in the process of getting it, but 
Thomas Crown Affair. Like that's a cool movie. That's cool. That's cool. It's very. It's a sophisticated. I don't know. Yeah. There. Everything about this is. There's a little bit of violence involved, and the mafia is involved. So there could be some violence related to this crime. But for the most part, this is light. This yeah. is a nonviolent heist. It's cool. No other way to describe it. And frankly, anyone in jail for a heist should be released. <laughs> So let's get into the guards. So the museum guards on duty that night were Rick Abbott, who was 23, and Randy Hestand, 25. Abbott is going to be the one who is the inside job mm-hmm. possibility. With the long hair in the documentary? Like he was a stoner? Yes. Okay, yeah. Did he have Metallica t-shirt? No. Yeah. <laughs> Reference to last week. <laughs> Not allowed to laugh at that, Max. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, we got yelled at. <laughs> we're always getting fucking yelled at. Jesus Christ. Okay. The security policy maintained that one guard patrolled the galleries with a flashlight and walkie-talkie while the other sat at the security desk. So that's the big operation. How Abbott, big is this place? How what? How big is the place? I don't think it's that big. Because it's like... No, it's not that big. Um, it's, it's definitely not like the Met. No. I mean, that's the Met. Come on. It's kind of like I don't know like why a, I said that in an attacking way. As if you it's suggested not the Met. That. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> But I'm just saying, is three enough? Do we, in, no. If they had more money, would they have way more security? I mean, three is definitely not enough, but no, it's two, not a not huge three. place. Like, it's probably... Oh, it's like a big mansion-y type of thing. You ever been to the Frick Museum in New York? No. That was also like a personal collection. It's, you know, it's... Where's the Frick? You could do it in and out. Yeah, I haven't even heard of this. It's on the Upper East Side. It's really oh, nice. Wow. I'm yeah. an uncultured swine. What? Where the hell's the Frick? 70-something and 5th? Uh, I'm going to pop over there. You're, you'll, you're never going to do that. I'm going to go to the Frick just to spite you. Yeah. <laughs> Tomorrow you're going to get a picture of me just in the middle of the Frick. I'll be like, yeah, you having fun? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> I wasted $35 at the Frick. <laughs> or it goes the other way. Or Max just starts going there every day. Just He's just that guy on the, on the bench <laughs> just staring into a Monet. I'll find meaning at the Frick Museum. Sorry, please continue. So Abbott completed his tour, he's walking around, and returned to the security desk around 1 a.m., at which point Heston begins his turn. At 1.20, the thieves drove up to the side entrance, parked and walked up to the side door. They ring the buzzer, which connected them to Abbott through an intercom, so Abbott at the desk. They explained to Abbott that they were police investigating a disturbance and needed to be buzzed in. Hmm. Abbott could see them on the closed-circuit television wearing what appeared to be real police uniforms, lets them in. And at 124, he lets them in. Abbas noticed around this time that when they come in, that one of the guys had a mustache, but it looked like it might have been like a groucho, like it might have been grease paint uh, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That's cool. You got to have a cool disguise. <laughs> they just have like groucho glasses with the mustache. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're police officers, let us in. The other one's dressed as Harpo doing a miming act. It's like, weird. <laughs> are these golden retrievers in a, in a trench coat? <laughs> that's funny. They, you know, attack Abbott, basically. They force Abbott against a wall, spread his legs. They say, like, you committed a crime. They, for a little while, they're making it seem like they're police officers and he's in trouble until the famous line, this is a robbery. Uh, mm. They really committed to the being a Boston cop by abusing a suspect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to throw him around a little bit, you yeah, know? Yeah, rough him up. So they've got them... <laughs> Tied up. It's a. I don't know if you remember this from the documentary, May, but like the way they tape their face is yeah. sort of weird. It's people on YouTube will see what I'm doing, but they blind them, but they also tape it this way mm-hmm. around. How am I describing? How can I? Describe oh, so this? you can't rip it off, I guess, at all. Yeah, 
It was described in the documentary as an unorthodox way of taping someone. Maybe even a way of someone who's never taped up someone before yeah. just taping someone up. But also, wouldn't you think, like, because the guy had long hair, this Apath guy. Um, and so you would think that if they were trying to, like, blind them, they wouldn't so, like, delicately... Did they do go, like, around their head? Yeah, we'll put... Oh, they did, okay. I was going to say we'll put up a picture on Instagram, but that might not be allowed. But it's... Allowed. Yeah, Instagram's really weird in terms of disturbing photos that you can't put on. For my other podcast, one of the subjects was Pablo Escobar. You can't put up a photo of Pablo Escobar. Really? Wow, that's crazy. interesting. I don't think you should talk about your other podcast on this. So <laughs> I think we all should have our things. <laughs> but isn't that bizarre? Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. That is weird. Why? Is it just like... It, it, anyway, just Google it, people. Like, bad guy. I don't know. Yeah. So Escobar. Uh, I... Uh, let's continue. <laughs> They rob the place. Really the weirdest it. thing about the robbery, I'll get into some of the details, but overall, it's an 81-minute robbery. Is that long? That's, That's super like insanely long. long. It's that, the longest wait, yeah, thing 81 ever. 81 minutes is an almost an hour and a half. Usually yeah. it's now like... You sit, now you have perspective. <laughs> Usually you pop in there and they're like, six-minute window, let's do this. Right. Again, I'm drawing this from fiction, but... No, but you're absolutely but they, right. But they must have known that nobody alerted the police because... Obviously, it takes confidence. Were, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes. Right. Yeah. But also to do an 81 minute mi- like. mystery makes me think that you're real confident that no one's coming by. Like, you know, a little too much if you're going to be there for fucking having dinner. 100%. Yeah, of course. They steal some very famous paintings, very valuable paintings. The first room they go into is the Dutch room where it's 1600s Dutch paintings, or at least the most famous ones were 1600s. Rembrandt, the most famous Rembrandt that they steal is the Storm on the Sea of Galilee, which is Rembrandt's only seascape. So Bummer. Come on. (laughs) We'll never get to see a seascape from Rembrandt. (laughs) A lady and gentleman in black, that's also Rembrandt's. The Vermeer they steal is called The Concert. And again, it's a big, Vermeer is one of the most famous paintings ever, and it's rare. They're only... I think it's like 34 Vermeer paintings in the world. Something really, really low. Wow. So to lose one of those is a big deal. Mm-hmm. And that was the most expensive painting. When I said $500 million, like half of that $500 million is that painting. $250 million? Something like that, Is yeah. it like just a bunch of titties or what? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's that good. <laughs> <laughs> the weird thing is that even though they stole the Vermeer, they leave... Some of the most expensive ones there. Which shows like they probably didn't know what they were doing. So they're just like... Ish? Yeah. Yeah. Or do you think it's possible that they had a very wealthy or specific benefactor who instructed them to take very specific things and leave others? Possible. And that also would play into this benefactor being kind of like, I don't care about the exact dollar value. This is my taste. Yeah, they're looking to complete Mm -hmm. a collection or something. I could see that. Again, because rich people are perverts. They take oh, they are. An they have ancient that photo of all those titties. They got all the titties. Yeah. <laughs> they got the $250 million titty painting. <laughs> they take an ancient Chinese statue. Uh, it's called a goo, but I don't know. It's like a like an urn kind of thing. I'm familiar. And <laughs> that's another thing that was like not nearly as expensive as yeah. most of the other things in the museum. And they also remove screws from a frame displaying a Napoleonic flag, likely an effort to steal the flag which the flag 
why are you wasting your time on a Napoleonic mm-hmm. flight? Like it's valuable, but it's again yeah. not the same as some of these other. That'd probably yeah. look cool though. But exactly, right. <laughs> probably yeah. yeah. it probably looked cool to be honest. They take the exposed eagle finial atop the flagpole, so they don't successfully get the flag itself. Mm. Uh, they uh, go to the security director's office once they're done stealing the art, where they take the video cassettes, 1990, that Smart. recorded their entrance on the closed circuit cameras and the data printouts from the motion detecting equipment. The movement data was still captured on a hard drive, which remained untouched. So we kind of see the rooms that they go into. Hmm. That's interesting. And was their movement very deliberate or was it just like, were they kind of just bopping around? The Dutch room seemed to be the main one. Okay. But they're moving around to a few of the other rooms. They take some paintings, or I think it was drawings by Degas. Oh, they got some Degas. They got some Degas. Uh. Also, most of the Degas stuff involved horses. So there's some theory where it's like the person that they were stealing it for liked horses. Tony Soprano. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Overall, 13 works were stolen. In 1990, the FBI estimated the value of the hall at $200 million, but that's in 1990. So now wow. they say $500 million. And, or actually, one estimate was $600 million. Hmm. The eclectic mix of items has puzzled experts. While some of the paintings were valuable, the thieves passed over valuable works by Raphael, Botticelli, and Michelangelo and left them undisturbed, Jesus. opting to take relatively valueless items like the goo and the finial. The thieves never entered the third floor where Titian's The Rape of Europa hung one of the most valuable paintings in the city. The selection of works and the brutish ways the thieves handled the artwork has led investigators to believe the thieves were not experts commissioned to steal particular works. Did they damage... Oh, that's why. Oh, they don't think that. But they damaged shit on the way, like... Yeah, they're removing it from the frames. Uh, why don't you take that? With, frame? like, box cutters or, like, knives. Mm. That's not how you do that. That's <laughs> how you do that's it. That's not how you do that. Didn't the... The, um, the museum kept all those up, right? Like in the museum, yes. yeah, which is kind of cool. Yeah, the museum is milk for this. Yeah. That actually is really cool. Yeah. You still got an exhibit out of it because you're like, this is where this hung. And like, that's mm-hmm. actually cool. I would love to see that. I'm sure that <laughs> yeah. for... Now I want to go to this museum. But exactly. Right. For real art buffs, yeah, they would rather see the Vermeer. But I feel like for the layperson, it's like, this is kind of cooler. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. No, I want to see some drawings of fucking horses. <laughs> <laughs> So there are two main mysteries, both of which are addressed in the documentary. One is, where are these paintings now? And right. two, of course, is who did this? Nothing. So nothing's been recovered. None of the stuff that was taken. No. Is that unheard of? I'm not this familiar. is like unreal what's happening here. That this many valuable paintings were stolen. There and, had been art thieves. lost forever. Like, is there usually, when it comes to art thieves and thievery, do they, does it usually <laughs> pop up? Oh, oh, wait, and thievery. And thieves and also thievery. Uh, Does it usually pop up? Apparently, it is likely that it'll pop up even now. Because time is good for solving art heists. Mm -hmm. What I always say is you can't beat father time. Mm. He does say that all the time. Do you know that? Out of context. Yeah. I can't stop. It's just out of context for no reason. (laughs) I just say it. Every morning I wake up and I say it. I figured you coined that. Is it someone else? <laughs> well, you'd have to ask Father Time. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> okay. So we're mainly going to go after the suspects as opposed to where this... Are you pointing to them? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Once again, I don't know what to do with the... We have a stand now. It's totally different. I apologize to people listening to this, but there was a very visual gag that you missed. <laughs> 
I do act acts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're a physical comic. Uh, sorry. So we're going to go through the suspect? Yes. So the documentary is very long, and there's a lot of web of stuff going on. I didn't want to read straight from Wikipedia, so I'll read straight from something else. <laughs> That's great. I love that. And there's not it's not a Netflix documentary unless they give you a full 48 minutes where they go down an entire rabbit hole, and at the end they go, and this person had nothing to do with it. Oh, always. It's and then so I'm annoying. like, come on. Not only yeah. that, but they leave you with cliffhangers at the end of episodes yeah. with those people. Oh, yeah. And oh. then and at the beginning of the like, next oh, yeah, episode, that. they're like, oh, yeah, uh, previously, no one cares. Yeah. <laughs> no, totally. Every like, Netflix docuseries <laughs> could be an email. Yeah. Yeah, yeah seriously. Yeah. Okay. So the article, I will give credit to the article. It's on Oxygen True Crime oh, article. Oh, I love that one. <laughs> <laughs> That's porn for women. Oxygen. <laughs> Oxygencrime.edu is where I know. Oh, okay. <laughs> Oxygen, great channel. Oh, yeah, yeah. So we'll go over a few of the main theories. So number one, we've addressed, or we've alluded to, an inside job. The mm. amount of time spent in the museum, the apparent knowledge of where the desired art was, and the fact that surveillance footage was removed has led some theorists to believe it was an inside job. That I mean, I think so. to be the... The a security guard, because not only it got stolen on your watch, people are always like, "Did you have something to do with it?" Right, and also you're making fucking. $4 and also you're making hour. yeah twelve cents. So I hope for his sake he had something to do with it. Yeah, <laughs> otherwise, right. Otherwise, Please. it really was a real L. Let me tell you that. But what's the <laughs> what's the evidence to back it up other than the fact that it makes sense? So Rick Abbott, one of the two people, he was duct taped. He was handcuffed. The whole thing. He was 23 years old, music school dropout, regularly showed up to work high, and apparently buzzed in a figure captured on surveillance footage the night before the robbery. That okay, he was so he's cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's that have to do with the okay, uh, inside so job? He parties. That makes me think that he's not involved yeah. in it because he seems like he can't get his shit together enough yeah. to get involved with people that would do this. You know what I mean? Right. I do agree yeah. with that. Statement. Oh, my God. I completely misread that set. <laughs> no, that doesn't sound like you. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, Try me... reading once again. I the thing about reading directly from an article is that I wanted to skim it to make it seem like it's my own words, but then when I made it my no own words, it was a completely it. different meaning. So the then I will just read it. The then twenty-three-year-old music school dropout who regularly showed up to work high had apparently buzzed in a figure captured on surveillance footage the night before the robbery. So he wasn't buzzed. He buzzed in. <laughs> oh. Well, he might have been buzzed too. Who knows? <laughs> he could have been buzzed. Yeah. So the <laughs> night before he buzzed some Let me tell you in. something right now. Buzzed security guarding is drunk security guarding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's dangerous. Yep. <laughs> Along with the father time quote, those are the two things that you just... <laughs> I always say it. I always say it. <laughs> The docuseries points out that the thieves left an empty frame on the chair of the museum's security director. Abbott and the director didn't get along, and the young guard had recently put in his notice. Mm. Additionally, he opened a back door minutes before the two armed men arrived, the, the night of the crime. He told investigators that opening the door was common practice for him. However, that claim has Why? never been to corroborated. Smoke a oh, to smoke a dupe. I guess. Yeah. It's the 90s. There's no rules. That's true. Abbott was a suspect early on, though he's always maintained that he had nothing to do with it. He never returned to his job at the museum and was questioned extensively by the FBI. In 2013, he told the Boston Globe, by the way, the Boston Globe has been obsessed with this for 31 years. Oh, oh yeah. Milking it. 
that a he, he tells the Boston Globe that a federal investigator had told him just a few years prior that they were never able to eliminate him as a suspect. What does he do now? I don't know. He Documentary lives, guest. Yeah. <laughs> he lives in Monaco on an estate. <laughs> Unrelated. <laughs> Rob Fisher, the assistant U.S. attorney in charge of the Gardner investigation from 2010 to 2016, says in the docuseries that it's hard for him to believe that the suspects didn't have prior knowledge that they'd be allowed in. The door they used to gain entry was essentially a man trap, he noted, with two sets of doors they needed to be buzzed through separately. If the guards found someone suspicious, they could have held them indefinitely and, and securely between the two doors. So but there again, was some. But they're are, cops in their are, minds. These are, yeah, they think they're cops. Yeah. They're I making agree. $8. He's probably high as a kite. You're going to let the cop, cop, cop come in. Why did we completely rule out the other guy? Did I miss that? Because I don't think he was duct tape. Yeah, I don't know why, actually. Because he's not the one who let them in. There was also stuff where, and I, I don't want to mess up the details, but before the robbers came in, Abbott was doing something weird with the fire alarm earlier. Mm. He's high. Abbott, Abbott seems more, <laughs> yeah, I think that they might just be. <laughs> You're fishing. The poor guy's high. Also, why wouldn't they ask the police on the phone if they're like, oh, we're investigating a fucking incident and be like, Oh, what happened? Or what? Like, th- there we wasn't any sort of question. Our shit that yeah. Tell you that there's an incident. Right. Yeah, I you don't really think- buy the Abbott thing. That he did it? Had anything to do with it? I don't. Let me tell you something. Really? I don't For $8, know. I'm letting you in. Oh, yeah. For minimum definitely. wage? Okay, come in. Yeah, check. I don't know. Oh, for sure. <laughs> oh, you're duct taping me. Oh, no. Don't oh, take any of yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> take whatever you want. The good stuff's back here. <laughs> So we'll do one more before we get into the mafia involvement. Mm. Art thief and musician Miles Connor, who was kind of just a cool character. Wow, in general. yeah, he does nice. sound cool. Yeah, he was a rock <laughs> and roll him. performer with a baby leopard and a parrot. Fuck yeah! Oh my god! <laughs> also, even cooler, a history of art theft. Oh yeah, this guy's cool. Some people consider me the biggest art thief in the country because I robbed a number of museums. Well, that is okay. a logical sentence. Did he, go to, <laughs> did he go to jail for it? He had been conducting Probably, art heist since yeah. the 1960s, including stealing a Rembrandt wow. okay, from Boston Museum, uh, Boston's Museum of Fine Arts in 1975. While he admitted to casing the gardener, he was behind bars during the 1990 heist. Oh, so he well, was in jail, actually, okay. even during this. Let me tell you something. I like my art thieves not getting caught. Let me tell you that. Yeah. Um... Anyway, also, if you, you watch the documentary, which I do recommend because this is obviously just a, you know, intro into this subject. No, this is definitive. This is it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I do think that he's he's a fun character. He's a good person to look at. I would like to ask, do you think a lot of art theft is unreported because of if you're robbing it for from just a regular rich person that's just like not a public figure or also like not to encourage it to make it seem like it's easy to thieve, thieve art? I would imagine that's a hard thing to cover up, no? You mean from museums or from people's like private collections? Both. Oh. So you're, I mean, in order for it to be stolen from museums, that would mean that a lot of museums have copies. The I, real, yeah, mo- that would that's be not scandalous. the real Mona Lisa. Yeah. I would yeah. argue that a lot of that is true. You think? Oh, yeah. I've seen it. Let me tell you. I just went to the Met. I copped a couple of forges were in there. I was looking at a couple of forges. You do have an eye. I've always had an eye. <laughs> I have two. <laughs> Oh my Someone God. cut my throat. Okay. All right. Let's... <laughs> <laughs> 
So the mafia involvement, could it have been a mob job? The FBI seems to think that's possible, theorizing that two local criminals with mob ties, George Reisfelder and, Leon- and Leonard DiMuzio, stole the art but died one year after the heist. The Boston Globe reported that DiMuzio was found shot to death in East Boston shortly after Reisfelder died of an apparent cocaine overdose. This is in mm. the 90s? Early 90s. Yeah. Right after the, the robbery. Yes, yeah, like 91, yeah. 92. Is that conspicuous? What do you mean? Do we think like they got taken out? I think that oh, that's yeah, yeah. Yeah. something involving this yeah. or keep your mouth shut kind of deal. Mm, maybe. They were acquaintances of New England Mafia associate Carmelo Merlino. Merlino allegedly bragged to informants that he was going to recover the artwork and collect the reward. Mm. He was arrested in an unrelated 1999 sting and died in prison in 2005. Just so you know, most of the people involved with this that have something to do with the mob, most of them are dead. Either yeah. killed or just died. Mm-hmm. Because they're criminals. Because they're in the mob. Yeah. 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 Or natural causes. Or cocaine. <laughs> Cocaine's not natural. <laughs> <laughs> it might be, though. It's cacao, isn't it? Cacalina. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It's a, I don't know. I don't know what you can. Yeah. Cocaine is good for you. It's That's vitamins. what I always say. Yeah. <laughs> Law enforcement offered him leniency, this is uh, Merlino, if he could return the stolen art, but he was unable to ever produce any of the paintings. The FBI believes that convicted bank robber and mob associate Robert Unk Garenti was the most likely recipient of the art. He died in 2004. His wife allegedly told the FBI in 2010 that her husband confessed he gave two of the paintings to alleged Connecticut mobster Robert Gentile, now in his 80s. And I believe Gentile died between the release of the documentary and now. It's nice to get Connecticut involved. Yeah, that's fun. Nice to hear about them. (laughs) You never hear about the Connecticut mob. That's fun. The FBI claim, yeah. (laughs) The Westport mobs. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Never hear about that. (laughs) The FBI claims Gentile tried to sell the paintings to an undercover FBI agent, but the mobster denies any involvement. They can say what they want. He told Connecticut outlet WTNH earlier this year. That's New Haven. I don't... Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. What's a WT stand for? Don't worry about it. Okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> then there's, and this is kind of the main one, and if you look on Wikipedia and some of the other articles, this guy shows up probably the most. Bobby Donati, an associate of the powerful New England Patriarcha crime family. I don't like a lot of Italians being accused of this. There's also <laughs> Irish mob. Okay, yeah, yeah God yeah. forbid a couple O'Malley's get to get thrown under the bus, huh? <laughs> the patriarcha uh, crime family is really fun. It's a good one. That's okay. a really yeah, good yeah. name for it's a crime family. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah. yeah, they're based out of Rhode Island mostly, though. Wow. The Providence fucks are coming up here and stealing our paintings. Bastards. <laughs> <laughs> Did we mention the patriarchas in, in an earlier episode? Or am I? Maybe. I don't we know. We definitely mentioned Whitey Bulger. Yeah, yeah. Out. I'm not sure. I don't know. Yeah, maybe I'm making that up. Anyway. Connor, Miles Connor, oh, I'm sorry. Miles Connor was a good friend of Donati, and Connor told mm. Vanity Fair in 1997 that he believed Donati was involved. He said, This is a robbery. Oh, sorry. This is a robbery points out that Donati was once caught carrying two Boston police uniforms mm. from the same department that at least one witness believed they saw as the suspects entered, who, who entered. By the way, the drawings of the robbers based off the description by the guards, mm-hmm. is the most generic thing ever. <laughs> and it's like, it's literally just like, find two white guys in Boston. No. <laughs> How? How? Yeah. How are you going to get that? 
in like a Red Sox hat. They yeah. put that on the, the sketches. <laughs> Donati was found stabbed to death and nearly beheaded. Whoa. I don't know, nearly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's like a kind of pregnant. I mean, Nicole <laughs> Nicole Simpson was found nearly yeah, beheaded. Oh, they just keep stabbing you real good. Oh, mm. sorry, didn't mean to make light of that. Yeah, way to go. There was a asshole. YouTube comment. All right, <laughs> I don't know. Nearly beheaded. It feels like it's like you know you are you are. I don't know. Anyway, if you're gonna behead someone, just do it. Yeah. Right. God. Enough with this pussy footing around. Yeah. <laughs> just pop it off. Oh, he... we're gonna get crucified. <laughs> so he was killed in nineteen. Nearly crucified or crucified. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, killed in Revere, Massachusetts, or his body was found in Revere, Massachusetts. Revere. After his death, an informant allegedly claimed that the Gardner heist was initially commissioned by a powerful international organized crime figure and that there were five thieves involved, the Boston Herald reported in 2008. The five were supposedly paid $100,000 apiece for their roles, but the alleged deal apparently went bad, according to the informant, after they failed to get him at least two artworks he specifically requested. Hmm. hmm. $100,000, that is not worth it. That's not even money. No. Mm-mm. <laughs> Mm-mm. I mean. That's what those security guards made in about a decade, but still. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that is insanely not worth it. How much would you have to be paid to do something like this? To do what? A heist? To do a heist. To do a heist. To like risk going to jail for. Forever. A long fucking time. Uh, it would need to be like a $100 million heist. Hundred million? No, I think I would. I think I would do it for like two million. In my mind, I can make ten. I can do ten, legit. Years? No, million. Oh, I thought that you were saying you could do ten years years in prison. Jail. Uh, But if it was going to be, it would need to be like the biggest heist or like a real heist. Or if it's somebody that's wrong to me, is it made out made out of spite? Oh yeah. I would do it for free if it's a spite based heist. Uh, Oh me too. Me too. I would enjoy every second of it too. The planning. Let me tell you. Oh, I would love oh, every second. Oh, I'd be if so If it was passionate. someone that I have a grudge against, it's for free. I don't need. I don't need a cut. The cut is the the, the juicy reveal that I have gotten them. I would love that. Are we sociopaths? <laughs> I have a list of people we should rob. Now that I'm thinking about. It. Let me tell you something. I'm excited. I'm in. By the transitive property, I also have a grudge against. Them. Oh yeah. <laughs> There was also a thing with Ben. Donati. You were quiet there. Why don't you want to fight with us? <laughs> I, it's not. I honestly, I would do it, but I was confusing a couple of monsters here. So, okay, okay. Yeah. Let it go. You know what the problem? My problem with you is you're not a spiteful guy. You don't think I'm spiteful? I don't think. No. Are you kidding? He's wicked no. spiteful. Do you think he's? Spiteful? He remembers comments people make to him from like years ago. Name one and name names. <laughs> a comment that yeah. Well, May's absolutely right. That is true. But off the top of my head. I, oh, anytime anyone said something bad about my stand, a- anything. Oh, yeah. I remember If someone, like, gives you a tag or something, you're like, fucking asshole. Oh, it gives, yeah. you, it gives you a note, which is kind of your thing that you do to <laughs> I don't everyone. think I mind if people give me <laughs> notes. If it's, if it, if someone was in any way, yeah, if I was offended in any way, I, I remember. Guy. You will never forget it, ever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no. All right, I take it back. You're a piece of shit. I don't know. <laughs> So you guys were saying that <laughs> while I was buried in a computer, yeah. you were saying that you would do an art heist if it was like a spy. If you were mad at the painter, I don't quite understand. No, if no. we were mad at the person we're How stealing from. How could you be mad at a painter? They lived a sad, sad life. <laughs> <laughs> they did. The punishment was a life of painting. <laughs> I've got a grudge against someone who cut off his own ear. <laughs> yeah. Allegedly. 
Oh, yeah. That was an earlier episode. Right. Mm. Remember? Could have been that friend of his. Oh, yeah. But yeah, we were saying how much money would it take for you yeah, how much to money? commit a heist. And I said $100 million unless it was spite-based, in which case I would do it for free. $100 million, though? How would you even spend that money? I wouldn't. It would be for the, for the allure of having that kind of prize money. Okay. I'm doing it for the cachet. I at, see. at a certain point... Oh, I have no self-worth. I'm like, two million? <laughs> it's hard to know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have a desire to have two million dollars like that. I in my and here's the thing, I'm also insane. I'm in my mind, I'm like, if I wanted two million dollars, I can go and make two million dollars. Okay. <laughs> I don't need to do it. Okay. I don't need to steal it. It's so easy <laughs> to make two million dollars. <laughs> Talk to me about real money. <laughs> So let's talk Whitey Bulger and then get out of here. <laughs> so Whitey Bulger, very well-known crime yep. boss in Boston, heading the Winter Hill gang. He oh, claimed yeah. he did not organize the heist and even said to agents that he was like committed to stopping it and finding out who did it. Why? Did he Why? It? Why would he? Because of like competitors. <laughs> like, okay. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> well, I guess it's like all get... of a sudden, I really care about helping the police with this one. I think it was like it was his turf. Oh, I see. Uh, yeah. And somebody else can make a lot of money in his mm-hmm. turf. Also, yeah. you know, it brings a lot of heat on the local talent. I don't think he likes mm. that. And um, you know, Whitey loved uh, d- drawings of horses, <laughs> so <laughs> he wanted justice. <laughs> Thomas McShane, who's an FBI agent, investigated Bulger for his involvement. He determined that Bulger's strong ties with the Boston police could explain how the thieves acquired the uniforms. Yeah, right. That's what I was thinking. Or perhaps that real police were arranged to do the heist that he... Hmm. I don't know why we're pretending like the police couldn't have been involved. That they were actual oh, yeah. cops, you're saying? Yeah. Yeah, possible. If I mean, they were I mean, definitely involved in some way because they got those uniforms from someone. And so. if, if, first of all, if we're talking about mafia... They they always have had cops in their pocket, especially Whitey. Whitey like was working. You know the whole thing with the eighty one really minutes to too is those people they had to have known either the security guards weren't going to alert anyone or or they knew that the police had no chance of coming. No doubt. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. Totally. Because the security guards were tied up, so they couldn't press the button, but they would have to know that that was the only button that they could get to. You know right, what I mean? Right. Right. Yeah. Right. 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 Bulger also had relations with the Irish Republican Army, the Sexual IRA. Relations? <laughs> the entire IRA, yeah. Uh, McShane, the FBI agent, identified the bogus tripping of the fire alarm, which is something I glanced over, but that was the security guard tripped over the fire alarm. Oh, no, not the security guard, excuse me. Someone tripped over the fire alarm, and that could have been, that was like a trademark of the IRA or something like that. Why? A calling card of the IRA. What? That's so weird. Okay. I don't know. That sounds made that up. That I got from Wikipedia, so that might be made up. I'm not sure. <laughs> Both organizations. Well, Wikipedia is pretty reliable, right? I've never once read something with Wikipedia and assumed it could possibly be false. <laughs> <laughs> Same. It's my Bible. It is. It's possible that he gave the works to the IRA. There are all these, like, millions, millions of theories going on. But the FBI about six or seven years ago, said they know the answer. But of they're what? not telling anyone. Why? Of who stole it. Why? Well, then if they know who stole it, they know the answer. First of all, they're just saving face because shouldn't they have recovered something? Right. I'm asking him. He's not even listening to me. Yes, they should have recovered. Yes, absolutely. No one knows where these 
goddamn things are. There were like little moments where they almost found it or they thought they found it. I but guess that's disturbing. How many pieces was it overall? I think it was, oh, how many total pieces were stolen? Like 12 or something? I don't know. I'm just making that up. <laughs> just spitballing. 12 feels right. That feels right. 13. 13. Nice. Wow. wow. Great job. A baker's dozen. Good for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what do we think? About, well, I guess just about the case in general. I haven't I, been great at describing the suspects, but to be honest with you, it does take a long documentary or a long podcast in order to really go mm-hmm. through each of these people um, I think that the, I, I like the inside job aspect. I think that the guards were either just terrible at their jobs, which is completely fair because they're getting paid pennies. Um, I think he's just a lovable stoner. I don't think that the guard had anything to do oh, with Oh, you don't? Yeah. Okay. Um, and I think Whitey's involved just because he was involved in literally everything all the time, constantly. And sometimes, you know, <laughs> like, me thinks they did protest too much, you know, where he's like, come on, we got to get the guy. We're yeah. all looking for the guys who did this. Right, We're right, all, right. We all want to know who it's did this. It's also fucking crazy that Whitey Bulger skipped town and was just in California for fucking 10 years or something like that. And then they finally caught him. It's insane. Did you ever see the Johnny Depp movie? He was undercover with his uh, broad. Nice. And then he was yeah. finally caught and died in jail. Killed mm-hmm. in jail. Killed in jail. I didn't watch Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp, I, I cashed out on a long time ago. I heard the movie was not good. It was a horrible movie. It was really no bad, shit. which is so fucking annoying because it's like a great story. It's a great story. Yeah. And you would think that like, you know, Depp playing Bulger. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if Johnny Depp's a great actor. Can I say I that? I don't think he is. I think he I think he's just the Caribbean guy. The pirate. Pirate. I could show you some Captain 90s Jack Depp. Sparrow. Early Depp. I don't mean to be that guy. Chocolat. Early Depp. It's a delightful film. I didn't mean oh, Chocolat. I, <laughs> I actually love Chocolat. I, let me tell something. I do mean Chocolat. <laughs> My parents have that DVD. <laughs> it's like the only DVD we have is Chocolat. Just popping on Chocolat. Oh, welcome home, Maylene. You want to watch Chocolat? I want <laughs> Edward Scissorhands, Ed Wood. Oh, Edward Scissorhands. You're right. You're right. Yes. But then I think he did a couple of movies where he like went into full costume and Mm -hmm. I don't think he ever took it off. I think that sometimes an actor. He went full gimmick. I think sometimes Mm -hmm. an actor has a lot of success from one role and then they just don't stop doing it. I think that's what Mm -hmm. happened with him in Pirates of the Caribbean where it's like he was great. He was awesome. It was a cool original thing, but now he's just going crazy and everything. Well, he kept doing like he did like the Willy Wonka thing, and then he did like where it was just like he was just him like in a bunch of makeup, being Mm -hmm. weird. Yeah, it's just like, and then he just came out with terrible movies. Mm -hmm. What was that one with Angelina Jolie, The Tourist? I don't know about that one. That wasn't terrible. I didn't watch it. It was like an action movie ish, action romance, action y. Yeah. How did we get on? Oh, Whitey Bulger. Okay. So I'm sorry. You did the most research. Who do you think did it? I think that it was probably this Donati guy or something involving the mob that was not the Italian mob. The not Italian culture. mob. Okay. Oh, nice. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> no, nice. What's, a, what's a two? Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> it was the Spinelli family, actually. Now that I'm thinking about it. Why are you not proud of it? You were the one who said that's cool. That's cool. This is cool. I was. I thought it was cool. <laughs> First of all, not how I sound. Uh, <laughs> Second of all, I thought it was cool that Connecticut had a piece of the pie. Okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but yeah, that would be cool. Can't believe your parents have all these things in their basement. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> all right, we good? Yeah. That's amazing. I think, I think we were had. I think it's a really interesting story. I would like to go see the empty cases of the paintings. I think yeah, that'd be fun. Field trip for the pod. I would do that. All right. Yeah. See you guys there. <laughs> Maybe we'll do a live pod in the museum. That would be amazing. And uh, steal that tissue yeah. <laughs> once and for all. <laughs>